So for me, accountability is um, probably one of the most important things when it comes to restorative justice, right? Like, you need to make sure that every action you do, like, you are, like, owning your shit and trying to make sure, not just owning it and saying, I'm sorry, and, like, keep repeating behavior because that's just manipulation. Like, mm -hmm. um, accountability is where you say you're sorry and you change your behavior. Yeah. Um, and I know for me, like... Uh, sometimes, like, people don't want to hear I'm sorry. They just want to see you change. Yeah. And sometimes, like, I'm, I'm sorry, can't cut it. Like, there's certain things if a person were to tell me I'm sorry today, I would have a hard time forgiving them. Yeah. Um, I'd be a lot more apt to forgive them if I saw they changed their behavior. Yeah. Um, but it's always going to sting, you know. Um, and I can never take back, like, the um, things I did in my madness and that chaotic lifestyle that comes with addiction and alcoholism, um, I can never take that back, right? Yeah. The best next thing I can do, though, is to just make sure that, like, none of that shit repeats itself, um, which is why, like, after a few months of sobriety, I noticed there was a lack of recovery in Carbondale. Mm -hmm. Like, there's plenty of places to get fucked up around here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I can say the F word, right? Yeah, totally. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuss as much as you want okay. to. Okay. Um, but when it comes to, like, the recovery scene, there's not a whole lot going on. And I remember um, when I came out as, like, being trans and, like, queer, and um, my sponsor actually, like, would crack really inappropriate jokes about it. And yeah. so I left the AA means. Now, granted, like... Um, Maybe I wasn't that serious about recovery if I let that run me off, but I don't want to sit in a room with my sponsor who was like making sex jokes and stuff about like, yeah, you know, that's not cool. No, so. I, let's let, I mean, I, I can't. <coughs> when somebody <clears throat> tries to put a barrier between somebody else and, and their health care in that particular way, and at that point, right, like sobriety mm -hmm. is healthcare, it's self-care, it's so many different forms of care, care for the folks around you. Like when somebody put, tries to put a barrier in between you and that sobriety as like literally failing to acknowledge you as a person, which is what that was, mm -hmm. right? Like that's, that's not a shortcoming for you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. And like, so I was away, I, from the rooms for a while, um, granted, like, my drinking started mostly like at the bars and around like punk houses, but I quickly fell like back into drinking by myself, mm -hmm. waking up and being sick and having the shakes and like being at the liquor store five minutes before they even opened because I drank everything the other night before and didn't save myself something to keep me from getting sick. Yeah. Um, so after, I guess I can get into like what really finally got me sober. Yeah. Um, so I had a very close friend um, who, like, refused to, like, give up on me, right? Um, put forth so much energy and so much love and compassion into trying to get me to become sober. He's like, why don't we try radical sobriety? I know you think, like, some of the things in the 12 steps are bullshit with, like, God. I have a problem with God, too. And, um, and that worked for a little while. Um, but it wasn't until, like, finally, like, he just, we, we got into a confrontation and it turned into a blow and basically we didn't talk for about a month. Yeah. Um, and with that, I'm like, all right, like all these people are leaving my life. Like this person who re like was really by my side and meant a lot to me is now leaving too. Um, maybe I should give it a shot. And, uh, so I started doing online recovery through Zoom, um, which is like more queer oriented. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you don't have to worry about that shit so much. <laughs> like we yeah. literally had like a guy who was like wearing Trump hats to the meetings. I'm just like, okay, I know like, um, you know, uh, what do they, what do they say? Um, principles, not personalities. Yeah. And, um, but anyways, anyways, so, 
I hit them really hard. I got a sponsor. I started working the steps. I was going to meetings every day for my first like month, uh-huh. and um, slowly I saw this like obsession with drinking and feeling sorry with myself turning into like the world is bigger than me. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those meetings I had at the CEJ, and the CEJ like gave me a space where I could feel like I had my own little corner of the world where I didn't have to worry about like someone walking in, like I put my headphones on, I go to the meeting. Yeah. And um, pretty soon it turned into me wanting to host my own meeting. And um, that's been kind of hit or miss. I have had like at 1.5 people show up, which yeah. was great. Yeah. Um, and I've got a regular guy who comes every week. <laughs> and um, Gosh, seeing like the newcomer is a really important role because like you see like that it's still out there and it's still kicking ass and mm-hmm. it's still like just relentless and you know he he came in he was real quiet at first and uh, basically was just like you know he just wanted his coffee and to listen and uh, I gave him that and um, after a while, we started to get to know each other. Um, you're good. You're good. He's like, so, like, are you, like, a girl or a boy? And I'm like, fuck. I'm okay. like, no. I'm just like, no. <laughs> and uh, he's, he just kind of looks at me. I'm like, what does it matter? Like, he's like, well, I was just wondering. And I'm like, I mean, I, I'm trans. Yeah. He's like, Okay doesn't bother me and I was like thank god <laughs> um, <laughs> like, he, like he just didn't quite know yeah <laughs> and, and he needed he needs more education I think when like you're out there like getting your ass kicked by addiction and alcoholism yeah. like <clears throat> you're you're willing to get like recovery from whoever like yeah. um so yeah and I've been sober for six months and eight days um and every day. I and yeah, I do. I do. Um, the twenty eighth, and it's uh. Sometimes I think about it, and it's just like wow, like like. I didn't really think like I knew things would get better, and they have like something called the promises, where like all those bridges you've burned and all that shit you fucked up and destroyed back yeah. in your madness starts coming back slowly, mm-hmm. and like. I knew that it was going to come back, but it, like it's coming back like quick, and mm-hmm. like um, I owe a lot of that to like AA, um, the Center for Inju- Empowerment and Justice, and um, the friends who stuck by my side and helped me remain accountable, helped like do restorative justice with me, mm-hmm. um, and like uh, I won't get into like um, you know cancel culture too much. But I, I do say that it does completely like destroy any potential for growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I I feel like I have homies on my side today that will be like, you know, like like ride or die kind of thing. Nice. That's good. Those are the people that you need in your life. Mm-hmm. People that you need in your life. Folks that we have as guests here. Episode 89 of the WTF Carbondale Podcast, where we talk to interesting people about their interesting lives, and we tie it all back to this little place we call home, Carbondale, Illinois. Cy, thanks for being vulnerable. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, I've, it's, it's, not, it's not an easy thing to be. And, and these conversations mm-hmm. range in their, in how serious they are, mm-hmm. right, and, and, and how personal we get and i mean just you know wanting wanting to kind of lead with that i mean mm. it's not it's not easy but you're you're showing people like there's there's work that you can do yeah ah, i'm just i i and i appreciate because I mean, you really you really took ownership of of effort and and work in the space of the center right mm-hmm. and there's there's all sorts of kind of ebb and flow 
in that space. There's contributions, there's takeaway, and everybody mm -hmm. gets something, everybody provides something back. But it's one of the difficult positions that some people occupy in that building, right, is, is kind of the center point, this pivot mm -hmm. point, right? And I feel like that's something that you've occupied mm -hmm. in, you know, most recent months absolutely in that space right really really eyeing okay there's there's some organizational structure that mm. may have been here that needs to mm -hmm. <laughs> find itself in in space again and and like thank you because you're 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 a bridge now for a lot of folks that have been in the center and mm. in different iterations different versions while while jim was with us mm. uh that when you know, the call goes out, we're all back. Right. And, yeah. and that's because you're in place mm -hmm. to, to provide that connection to the, to the here and now yeah. for folks like myself, like Jennifer Solomon, whoever that has not been in space for the past couple of years. So right. thank like, seriously, like it's, it's a big, it's a big <clears throat> thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, um... I'm really grateful that like Jim didn't let me go and like kind of like um, I was able to play that role and um, like it's called like, you know, the Center for Empowerment and Justice, right? And like that place really did help me like empower myself. Um, and now I just want to give that to other help give that to other people. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that too is like I've always just felt drawn, like, even though I've done a lot of damage, right? Like, I've hurt mm -hmm. people. I've done, you know, some things I'm really ashamed of. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't like to help people, right? Yeah. That doesn't, like, um, <clears throat> and... Well, I mean, and how, and how can you know what really helping somebody is if you don't know what hurt looks like just the same? But something mm -hmm. that you may have taken on yourself or something that you may have outwardly projected onto somebody else as well, right? right? Like, it's it's... It's one thing to just be somebody that says, ah, well, you know, this is my professional interest and I'm mm -hmm. here to help people. But if you haven't had those experiences that mm -hmm. like, you know, really underpin why people need help, how, how can you really know like what a, a flexible, mm -hmm. really flexibility, I think is kind of the idea here, especially in the center space, right? Is that like the flexibility of the help that anybody may need when they walk through that door? Sorry, I'm not trying to conquer this no, conversation you're here. No, just... you're, you're, you, a, <laughs> you make a very valid point. Um, it's like these people, some people won't even accept help from someone unless they know how it is. Like, yeah. Uh, like the best advice is another is the advice an addict can give another addict or an alcoholic can give another alcoholic. Yeah. Like, I mean, um, and yeah, I think that kind of comes with the territory. People see that like, like you're real, like you, you do know what it's like and like <laughs> you've been there and yeah. they're a lot more apt to open up. Um, and I've, I've met so many walks of life being at the center and um, just all the stories you hear and some of them will make you cry like <laughs> for sure for sure and yeah. um <clears throat> being able to play a role in like whether it's getting that person a cup of coffee or mm -hmm. like giving them a hug or um you know help like or bigger things like helping them, like showing them how to apply for a job or whatever like yeah. Like that's that's what I consider currency to me. It's mm -hmm. like knowing that like and maybe like it does it does bring up the question too. It's like, is there such a thing as a selfless act, right? Like, mm -hmm. am I doing this for this person or am I doing this so I can put like get a you know, scratch on my good noodle board or whatever, <laughs> right? Like um but either way, you're yeah. still helping them. Yeah. And um it just seeing people grow and like like feeling the energy shift from like just hopelessness and and seeing them come back time and after time and that hopelessness slowly starts to like kind of go away yeah. um it might come back in full force within a week but you don't give up yeah. you know um my friend didn't give up on me so i'm not you know i'm not gonna give up on people um and Sometimes it's really easy to want to give up on people, right? Um, <laughs> oh um, man, I, I mean, uh, when when uh, was it? J is it James that was the other guy mm -hmm. at, the, at the meeting? That's one of the the faces that I wouldn't know from the past. Uh, so 
when he was talking about, hey, Bruce, come back and doing laundry. I was like, ah, Bruce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you, you know, like, it's just, uh, you got every, you know, it's mm-hmm. like its own little sitcom, right? Everybody loves Bruce. It, <laughs> and Bruce is a pain in the ass for everybody, but you got to love you Bruce, love right? Because right. like, that's, that's, that's it. That's, yeah. that's what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it does become its own family, and Jennifer's talked about this too, where it's like, it is a tight knit group of like, like a rag and tag bunch sometimes, yeah. and like, to be to have the privilege of being part of that, where like, I like, I I don't feel like I'm being like looked down upon, or yeah. people aren't coming off to me condescending, or it's a really good feeling, and like, um. Yeah, everyone there, that family has each other's back. Like, yeah. Because you're just there. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're there, like, if, if you if you walk in the door and you make it through the first five minutes and you go, I want to stick around, right, then you know you're supposed to be mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. right? Because <laughs> right? it's it's kind of a self-filtering <laughs> space. Like, if you're, you know, and it, and it doesn't matter if you walk in the door as somebody like Jim, right, like a storied civil rights attorney who's you know been on the street his entire mm-hmm. life like putting in the work yeah to somebody who you know may de- may be displaced and just you know passing through town that like everybody if you walk in there you either know whether or not you belong yeah, there absolutely but like there are all levels of people all throughout society that just know they belong there mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like um the land of misfit toys right yeah. like um and Jim was always really good at like not um, looking down on people too much, um, yeah. and like just seeing people for people. Yeah. And um, kind of gives you the the verbal smack upside the head when you need it. Right. But everybody gets one of those, no matter. <laughs> or we <laughs> no just completely dominate the whole conversation. <laughs> but um, yeah. Tap and go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, how did how did you like? Are you from Southern Illinois or are I, you, like, how did you get here to okay. Carbondale? What's your. Right. So, um, <laughs> I actually like grew up in Blairsville of, um, is that, that's like 40 minutes out? Like, headed, I think so. Like yeah. Williams and Franklin County direction. Something like okay. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, All right, cool. but, that'll work. <laughs> yeah. Um, so from the age of like four to about 10, and then, like, after 10, I kind of just bounced from, like, like Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, Illinois, Indiana, but, like, just back and forth between uh-huh. um, just all kinds of places. Um, and I moved to Marion from Michigan, Flint, Michigan, mind you. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's where the world, uh, like, where I got really woken up to the world and just how fucked shit is sometimes so when when were when were you in flint michigan i mean were you during during parts of during the water, like early on in the water crisis yep, like 2014 um it's sickening that like it's the, horrible that we just as a society like we're we're talking about trillions of dollars in infrastructure right now and we can't just snap our fingers and say uh, trillions of dollars. Oh, there's you know the, the crumbs that are three hundred million dollars to go mm-hmm. actually you know fix a single you know entire city's it's water infrastructure that's killing people babies. and has been killing people for yeah hmm. yeah it's um yeah I wasn't really into the whole activist scene as much as I wanted to be but like when I heard like when I turned on my faucet and the water was fucking brown mm-hmm. like. Like, why is this okay? Like, yeah. and then you hear about like literally like people getting sick and dying, like you said. But so, um, lived in Flint, and then I came down to Illinois to help my mom uh, and my dad, my stepdad. Well, he's dad. I don't care if he's not blood. Um, there you go. And uh, because he he had Alzheimer's, um, and he was getting really sick, and my mom is bad bound because she has a really uh, brutal autoimmune disease that like causes her a lot of pain, and so basically it's like we need your help. Like, yeah. like I, like he's like I cannot get a ring on him. Um, so I came down, 
helped like as much as I could for a few years until eventually he moved to Florida with his kids um, into hospice and then passed away in 2019. Mm, I'm sorry. Doesn't hurt as much anymore. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you have a good relationship? Yeah. Yeah, I really did. Um, he showed me how to ride a horse, <laughs> which was a hoot. Yeah. Um, well, and uh, he would just, I mean, he, we would, you know, go fishing, and he brought me ice fishing, and um, he kind of played the role of savior um, because my mother was leaving an, an abusive domestic violence, like, household. Um, mm -hmm. And like we like and like it was weird because it's when he would get mad, he would just walk away, like like yeah. it didn't blow into an argument or you know. Um, but yeah, so he kind of uh, played the role of savior, and I basically grew grew up with my dad for most of my younger years. Um, and then I went to go live with my father, my biological father, and that's a whole mess that I won't even get into, but <laughs> I ended up coming back. Um, and then moved to Marion, and after that happened, I moved to Carbondale um, and Good Samaritans, because I, you know, I was like in active addiction and having nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so I, uh, <laughs> I remember what showed me that Carbondale was way different from Marion was the Pride event. Was that was a big one? Yeah. Um, and I went to the Pride event, and it really like there was just like this click. Like um, I just felt like I finally like was okay to be here. Like like Carbondale was like a good a good fit. Yeah. Um, I saw a like trans woman jamming out on guitar on a podium, no one thinking anything of it. You do that shit in Marion, you're gonna get your ass beat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, um, I hung around the flyover for a little bit. Well, not a little bit, but started you know going around the punk scene and um, just and and like trying to seek a validation from everyone, right? Because it's mm -hmm. like abandonment issues. I need validation constantly. Yeah. Um, and Well, not it, knowing for sure your permanency in a social situation. Right. Right, yeah. that lowers the threshold of like comfort and just seeking mm -hmm. out that validation, mm -hmm. right? Years later, you're like, oh, these are the people I'm going to spend the rest of my life around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then it probably wasn't quite there, right? It was just right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because um, I never really got well established. I was always kind of bouncing around, mm -hmm. um, and I caught hell in school, man. Like I was the weird kid, right? Like um, I remember my biological father had me on. Like I consider myself a like survivor of institutionalization, mm -hmm. um, um, because like he just had me on enough medicine for an adult, and I was 14 year old, and yeah. like so like I'm walking around in school like zombified. People think I'm weird when really it's just I'm over-medicated. Over yeah. um, so I caught hell for that. Like, it was bad. I ended up going into a psych ward and self-sabotaging my program over and over again so I could just stay there because I didn't want to go home. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah. So when it comes to, like, abandonment issues and, like, not having a sense of self or, like, not really being used to establishing healthy friendships like throughout your life like yeah. i was i yeah um and that's kind of like where the cj though also fits in because yeah. you you come to the cj and it's nothing but like like i remember when i went there and the first thing one of the first things i saw was jennifer and just like her great energy and her big smile and her friendliness <laughs> bubble per, bubbly personality and yeah. just like it was it was great it was um definitely like felt welcoming for sure yeah um so yeah i mean it's <laughs> uh, the lack of shoes 
so I'm like a no shoes household, right? And like I've got a bunch of weird little ticks about mm-hmm. me. And we know how the Jennifer doesn't wear her shoes anywhere. Mm-hmm. So like I I'm I wear shoes in my house. I wear house shoes. When Jennifer comes into my house with her bare feet that are her shoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. And so to like a complete yeah, so yin to my yang on like just it's how It's so much easier to clean your feet though. Like you just but no, I get yeah, it. Yeah, totally. I Whatever you say, Yeah. <laughs> I was listening to it earlier actually for like prepping, like uh-huh. kind of like seeing how it goes down and stuff. And yeah, it's that was definitely something very unique I caught. Like I'm like Where's her shoes? Like, <laughs> okay, this like I wouldn't walk barefoot out here. That might be broken glass. Like, yeah. but just and that that's like part of her like, just her attitude and just yeah. it's great. I, it's cool. Exposure toughens. Yeah, that's kind of her exposure. <laughs> t- yeah, <laughs> like uh, if you were to like boil it down into just a couple words, right? Mm-hmm. For Jennifer, like exposure toughens. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah, I'm sure that's an anybody thing, but I'm just uh, Jennifer Sheet. Sorry, no, Sorry. I, you're not all you're thinking about now is, is the, that's okay. That's okay. Do you go out? Have you gotten to go do any horse stuff with Jennifer at all? No, yeah. no, no. Um, like it was pretty much a role of just like you know, like kind of me trying to help these people or like we've never actually like really hung out we might have met at pk's maybe a couple times uh-huh. when i was drinking just having to bump into each other yeah. um now we're starting to talk a lot more though because jim fucking died right yeah. like <laughs> um but yeah. no uh very good person definitely and i think anyone who is who is going to make it like volunteering or working at the center kind of has to have that like in them to like um want to help people and not expect like anything in return um you know it's like i guess i could go you know kind of pivot back around to that it's like um the gift that you get back is seeing this person like improve their life seeing this person get a job right seeing this person get bonded out of jail, seeing this person um, not get the book thrown at them because mm-hmm. the, there were well, advocates there for there it. Are, thank you. Exactly. Um, that's the reward. And like, that's precious. And if that's not your thing, well, maybe you don't belong there. <laughs> and that's okay. And that's okay. There's too. a lot of other places that you might belong. <laughs> Absolutely. When did you have you have you always been into like graphic design stuff or is that like uh, I just kind of dabbled in that recently yeah. um, and uh, like we were trying to promote the center with like the art show and all this and that and um, someone was trying to show me how to do uh, graphic design and I w- they were like overcomplicating it and I'm just like I'll just find something else out. So I asked a yeah. friend, I was like, hey, what what program did you use to make blah, blah, blah? And so I started tinkering around with it. And like, I really enjoy it. Like, it's fun. It's yeah. like calming. It's, you know, I, I kind of like, it's kind of like personally, I don't know, it's cool. It's fun. Yeah. Similar ritualistic functions of, you know, previous parts of life, right? Mm-hmm. Like being able to pick it up and like, know that the pin stroke is there and that the color mm-hmm. wheel is there and that all of the different things that you want to use and have access to are just there to play with. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it really is. It's just like instruments to play with and like draw with and like you can make whatever design you want. Like, and the, sometimes it's like really overwhelming though. Cause it's just like, there's too many options. Like, yeah. and so you kind of have to like talk yourself to like, well, maybe just try that. Um, but yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, it's just, I can't draw. Right. So yeah. I just have to have like that and music are kind of like my creative outlets. Um, have you always been a music person too? Or? I grew up with a piano when I was a little kid. Oh, nice. Um, and sometimes I would get bored of like just, playing video games or it was too hot outside or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I kind of would just like, you know, 
just play on it and soon I kind of developed an ear. I'm like, okay, that sounds bad, that sounds good, and yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm not like, I'm not by any means good, but I can just kind of play some basic chords or whatever, and it's more for the purpose of like, helping me like, sort my thoughts and like mm -hmm. kind of like decompress. Um, and music is really great for that. Um, it really is good for centering and just like getting emotions out. And every time I get done playing, like especially now that I can play because I don't drink, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's nice to have. It's a nice to have for sure. Was that like one of the things with? like alcohol and in, in the addiction space was like part of the self-expression like really came through yeah um it was it's actually kind of cringy now that i think about it <laughs> um it's like it's like yeah it's just starving artists like burnout like whatever and i used to like glora like glamorize it yeah and it's like no that not a good look. <laughs> not a good, not a good, not good look. look. <laughs> um, but was that kind of like the direction of the path, like you wanted to be on? Was like the the artist space, like is that yeah. kind of like what you've always had? In, the artist, in your mind? like alcoholic junkie, like <laughs> typical. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's like it, it wasn't fun. Yeah. It was not fun. Like there may have been times in which like. We had fun, um, but it was fun until it wasn't, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and like I think it was more of a way to co-sign my own addiction, right? It's like, oh, this is just who I am. Like, yeah. this is just like a style that I chose to be. Mm -hmm. um, this is like this is what color crayon I am, right? Like, <laughs> and yeah, and then like finally when like more and more bridges started to burn down and like um more people were like messaging me like hey like you should go get help like yeah you know and i i base i spent probably a good gosh 12 years being an alcoholic junkie mm -hmm. um and i can say that on record and yeah it might come to bite me in the ass later but like honestly Listen, like, man, the my pillow is... guy is doing great. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, that's you're a, fine. So, sometimes you just gotta slide in a good my pillow. No, no, that's big, that's big. that's good. Um, <laughs> I think part of that though is like also accountability and true recovery is yeah. like like that what a better way to be accountable than go on live and be like, Yeah, I have a problem that I am like really trying to get a hold of. Yeah. Um and yeah, and there's like some kind of beauty to that though, to be able to like look at the ruins that you met, the mess you made yeah. and realize that like, that's not who I am today. Like, like I, I don't, that's not where my moral compass aligns. That's not what I serve today. Like, no. and then you can see other people who want to get like, kind of where you are, or where you're going, mm -hmm. but don't think they have it in them. Like. I'm not going to lie to you, Colombo. I thought for sure I was going to die from this, right? Yeah. And that's why I used to go so hard was like, well, I'll just die young. Just yeah. be reckless. Just it will take right me out. out. Yeah. And now I'm like 32 years old and I'm like, oh, fuck, what do I do now? Like, I'm not, like, I'm still here. Shit. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, now we're, it's like on like <laughs> maximum speed and I have to like, yeah. But anyways, um. What was the, I mean, that, what are some of the tools that you've had to like pick up uh, on this journey to like separate the parts of your identity that are like, you know, from the, the addiction, right? Like the stuff that yeah. you want to, to maintain the, the artist mentality, yeah. the, the, the music, the, the dress style, the social scene, like all of the components that are like the things that you still love. Right. Right. Just like separated right. from, from the components of addiction. Like 
is that something that comes all has come all in one fell swoop for you, or has it been like you've had to take it's piece been, by piece at a time? Take your um, time, get your sips in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely been like a overtime kind of thing where, yeah. um, like, like I, like, basically, like the it is kind of forged who I am, but like in a way, in a way, yeah. right. But it's not like all I am today, and like I accept that. Like, you know, I I like music because I like music, not because like I like to get high and then mm -hmm. try to write a song. I like dressing like this because this is how I like to dress, not yeah. because it's like associated with grunge and like you know using drugs and stuff. Um, and I associate like. Like, there are certain things, like certain songs, um, certain shoes, actually, I can't wear because of yeah. it's a trigger for me. Yeah. Um, there's certain, like, yeah, I won't get too big into it, but there are, and then, like, when I feel that, like, little little demon scratching in the back mm -hmm. of my head, like, hey, remember how good this felt or whatever? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I put them back in the box, and then I just, like... No, we, we, we don't touch that box anymore. Yeah. And then what I do on top of that to make sure the box stays locked, <laughs> I cram in an AA meeting, I call my sponsor, and yeah. like I do a gratitude list. And that's helped me get by so far. And um, and also I'm like really like serious about this time. Like before I would go to rehab or get sober for a short span of time to get people off my back or yeah. Oh no, I'm about to lose my job or I'm about to go to jail cuz I'm on probation for drugs. Yeah. Um maybe I shouldn't, you know, like and it's it's so much more empowering when you do it for yourself because you yeah. just are sick of it and you are sick of like the kind of person it makes you and just like really just be also because you want to live because yeah. you want to you know get somewhere so you can also help other people. Um and like doing care work as an alcoholic who is like on a self-destructive path never works well. Mm -hmm. I will let you know that right now um, <laughs> because it turns from like self-care just kind of feel, feeds another addiction yeah. because instead of you like actually doing this um, for this person to try and help them, you're doing it because you're a drunk full of self-pity. Mm-hmm. And you want to see some kind of like correlation and make some correlation with you and that person. Um, and also so you can pay more attention to other people's problems and work on your own. Mm -hmm. I So the thing that, that I'm kind of taken aback by in our conversation is, is thinking about, uh, you know, be, being on, on parallel timelines as people that are 32. Mm -hmm. Ugh, it's such a, like a weird number it's to be weird at. number yeah. like it's it's just like a, you you haven't quite left all of that youth behind mm -hmm. but like you're you're not quite at the point to like acknowledge adulthood right but like the just how tough that that point between like mid 20s 24 25 and like 30 is mm -hmm. like that's just a really like tough spot for most people that nobody really talks about right there's what your childhood looks like. Mm -hmm. There's what your teenage years look like. There's, you know, what, what, what the, what the formation in the young adult, you know, uh, in, in college years look like for, for some folks and, and what the, but, but like one in even like, Oh, well, you're gonna do all this in your thirties. You're gonna do mm -hmm. all this in your forties. But nobody's like, Hey, there's this like dark mm -hmm. spot, <laughs> like right in between 25 mm -hmm. and 30 where everything's just going to be trash. Yeah. And like decisions are going to be really, really tough. Mm -hmm. And like life, just gonna throw a lot of stuff at you and like to to go through that point in life with you know the the albatrosses of of alcoholism mm. and, and addiction right like that's that's all the more like i don't know formative of the work that you can do mm -hmm. in the future right like yeah. My God, yeah. to to combine like the the just the traditionally no, worst right. parts of life with like some of the tradition, like just some of the worst things that somebody would have to face mm -hmm. in life, and then just like carrying that forward to to other people, like 
Yeah, and you bring up that point too, and it like makes me think of all the funerals I had to go to for people who like mm-hmm. didn't make it. Yeah, some there was a guy who was seventeen, like, and it's awful. Um, and so there is that gray spot where you're kind of just like stuck in this limbo, like, you know, I I went to college for two years of psychology, um, and perfect. Perfect. You yeah. knew what you needed. You knew did my you... thing, right? <laughs> Got it. Got my little badge. Um, <laughs> and um, but yeah, like most of it is just a, kind of an abyss. No. Um, I think I think my brain is kind of like trying to like protect itself and just like block a lot of shit out. Yeah. But um, yeah. No one tell it doesn't come with that warning of like oh yeah by the way um there's like this weird spot where you just feel like you're spinning your wheels the whole time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you just go fall right off this cliff like, yeah whoosh yeah good luck there's there's no <laughs> training wheels at this point like this is the very first time in which all these decisions are gonna be yours mm-hmm. and all of the consequences are gonna be yours just the same right. Hope you catch some wind on your way down. Right. I hope you pull the cord quick enough. Right. Like, um, yeah. Yeah, it's just... And, like, you, you kind of combine that with what they call dual diagnosis, right? Where yeah. it's like you have an underlying mental issue and then paired with a drug addiction. So it's like this just vicious, vicious cycle of, like, like, you know, use and mental illness. And... Um, I do feel like a lot of it is formed out of trauma and Mm -hmm. why I'm big on like, like why like I talk about trauma a lot. Like I don't talk about like my traumas or like trigger people, but But like trauma is a concept. Yeah. And like how important it is to actually try and to come to peace with your trauma. Mm -hmm. Like I know right now, if I wasn't seeing a therapist every week, two weeks, like I would be in much worse shape. I probably wouldn't agree to come here. (laughs) I probably, you know, like, um, my my recovery would be shaky but it's it's almost like it's it's this like thing that just needs attention and once you give it like enough attention it won't need as much attention but it's always going to need a little bit of attention right oh yeah absolutely i mean it never it never goes away Mm -hmm. right i i haven't smoked a cigarette and well, age 32 and over 10 years now right and it's like you know but but it doesn't mean that 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 mm-hmm. box, to, you know, that, that hasn't been checked at some point in time, and you just got to make sure you don't go back and check it again. Yep. Well, so what was your first introduction to like the block just on Washington Street? Like when I know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, obviously, like you know, just first connected with folks through the flyover. But do you have yeah. like a like? Does it stick out in your mind like the your early time on the block? Because I mean, just that block in general, even yeah. even before uh, you know any any of the white people <laughs> that now that now have have uh, you know inhabited the the space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was it was a traditionally black. Uh, business district, but but yeah, it's it's still can, like <laughs> there's still heard, yeah <laughs> so much so much more to it uh, mm-hmm. now just yeah. to, and 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 like it is in the past however many uh, decades just looks looks different even like now compared to two years ago or five years ago or what have you mm-hmm. and I just I wasn't sure where your first where your first so introduction to the space was. my when I, like when I think of the block and my early interaction I think of like um, like tool library and like um, you know open store hours and then a bunch of people congregating in front mm-hmm. of the CEJ and like kind of like this chaotic but also very intoxicating energy um and i'm not saying intoxicating because everyone's drinking beer and you could smell it from halfway down the block but (laughs) um like it was just people were out there just like talking and um it just felt like it had its own little special place in carbondale yeah um people coming like running in and out gen people running folks who are car taking off coming back um People starting arguments, people de-escalating those arguments. <laughs> um, I was one of those people. Yeah. Um, I, I remember one time there was shouting, like, like it sounded bad, like, oh, someone's in trouble shouting. Mm-hmm. And um, I walked over there, and two people had gotten to a confrontation, and one pulled a knife. And I got the person that didn't have the knife away from the person who had the knife and kind of just, like, um, you know, talked talked to them and 
what was going on, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And by the time they got back, like everything was chill. And at first I was like in shock and awe. I'm like, like basically the general consensus was, oh, okay, everything's fine now. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're, we're fine. I'm like, yeah. okay. And I kind of just got used to that. Um, Cause although they'll say that like, I mean, you, you might think that like people are gonna, and sometimes people do get hurt, but I do feel like back in like 2019, like people mm -hmm. really, it was just like a group of people who hung out and kind of had each other's back in a way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like, that's one of the things I always admired about the CJs. It's like, it didn't turn anyone away, right? Yeah. Like it, it was for all, it was all inclusive and it's so easy to see someone struggling and feel bad and then just keep walking. Yeah. Right? Um, where it's like the CJ is the opposite. It's like, if you're a person who has, is well off, like you're going to look like the one out of the picture, right? Like you're <laughs> going to be the one that's not, you know, like, mm -hmm. so yeah. Um, on the other side, I mean, you what you said, you know, just keep on walking by, right? It's like the the place where, if you do have something in your life that like needs addressed, like you can stop, mm -hmm. right? Like you can stop and you can turn towards, and then walk through the door. Now, yeah, okay, yeah. now we've 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 got something here. I mean, and just the people that live their lives removed from conflict, right? Like in the US, like there's a lot of people that are just very privileged to not have to look at, visualize, process, like handle, mm -hmm. uh, you know, conflict yeah. at, at, at all levels, right? We see it as this like ethereal thing, like, oh, it's just in media, right? We mm -hmm. just see it on the news, we just this, we just that, it's, somebody else's it seems so artificial yeah like, like and yeah it's and it, you do like the media does have this way to almost desensitize you mm -hmm. to all the bad stuff that's happening right because they don't want you to think about that they don't want you to think about the fact that like over half a million people and just in the US alone have died from COVID. Yeah. They want you to get back to work, right? <laughs> Keep the machine going. Yeah. yeah, it's it's terrible. Like the fact that we are in a lot of cases just seen as a price tag mm -hmm. is something that produces capital is yeah. absolutely appalling to me. Yeah. So. Well and and on the other side of that right it's not to say that you can't have some kind of entrepreneurial spirit to want to do something and make something like that's the other cool part with mm -hmm. the center right is that like we've always been trying to hustle like everybody like one of the things that like you've had to have in that space is like you want to make something somewhere some way yeah right like you want to do this you want to do that like you know you've you've got motivation to like find that next level but at the same time like you're not just doing that because uh well i'm trying to you know get the most that i can out of everybody around me and like forget them all it's like yeah. no you gotta come in here and just like mm -hmm. earn earn with it uh, uh alongside the people that like want you to succeed yeah. They're just going to give you their time. Like you've got to show that you value your own time so that other people will value your time and then present them with a project to pursue along the way. Well said. Yeah. Jim was always really big. Like, I think that's one of the initial like, um, things about the center was like, you go there and like a solar tree came out of there, a hot mm -hmm. dog stand came out of there, mm -hmm. like a bunch of success stories of we I ran that tiny it. house in the Lights Fantastic Parade, yeah. I think at least two years. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and and a lot of these people have spent a lot of a long time in the you know in the system. Yeah, and unfortunately, like with like how society is formed and like like the whole second class citizen, like mm -hmm. how once you're a felony, you're basically not even a fucking person anymore. Yeah. Like, 
And these people like come here and a lot of them do like find a direction again. And a lot of that did come from Mr. Chapman and the workers at the CJ, like Jennifer and myself and multiple others. Um, and it was kind of like a space where you could just like, okay, I have this idea. And Jim would be like, all right, let's hear it. And like would <laughs> ask you to take a seat, right? Yeah. Um, and it was, that was, he used to call it loosey goosey like all the time. And it was <laughs> empowering. It really, it, yeah, it was empowering. And it'll all work out. God willing and the creek don't rise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, our uh, website is the CarbondaleCEJ.org, by the way. There you so, go. Or, no, CarbondaleCEJ.org. CarbondaleCEJ. CarbondaleCEJ.org. Yep. And you've worked on that. I've been, yeah, I've been, um, I had a lot of help from Alicia Kimball, and I've just kind of been changing some things around, and, like, basically, yeah, I think having a website right now is really important. Um, yeah, just to be visible enough that, like, when people come looking for that story that it's there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No, that's, it's, I mean, I, you know, there's, you know, just that, just that story. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy to think like, you know, that all of the work that, that Jim did throughout his life, that the, 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 the didn't, just didn't stop. Like this is, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I can't, I can't fathom where a lot of people would be without that particular place. Like yeah, they're there for them and to connect them with with others. I'm no different. Like I, you know, a lot of fire that I have in me, like comes from that place. And that's why I'm glad to be like back in the mix. Like, right. It's, yeah, know, it's good to have you back in the mix. Definitely. There. Um, I mean, it's just, it, you know, it's it's like a, I don't know. Disneyland for people with hustle. Like if you, <laughs> whatever, whatever you dream you've got, you will, you will see it through in that space and it's i mean it's just crazy because it's just this little four room building that mm -hmm. everything's been something i don't know what what are the rooms even right now like is it still just computer shop up front kind of print shop office and back mm -hmm. like yeah is, is like this the back um before jim passed away we had the idea to turn it into like kind of a place for a place where people could do artwork and mm -hmm. like host it up on the walls kind of like a creative space slash art exhibit yeah um and we do have a, a pottery wheel right now. Oh, that, wow. Yeah. Um, so we had a lot of plans before Jim passed away. Um, and we're still going to do them, right? Yeah. So. I mean, that's, you know, thinking about, like, I pottery wheel, that's, you know, to me, that's like a no-brainer. Like, that's, yeah, make some pottery, sell that alongside mm -hmm. Solomon. Absolutely. On the, you know, on the, on the food cart days. I mean, it's just, you know, and the ability to contribute back now, like, having more now in terms of like social and actual capital, mm -hmm. right? Like there are, there are several people that are, you know, recent products of activity at the center over the past, you know, let's say, you know, four years, five years. Oh. Right. And that, and that, 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 that itself is now like manifested like in, in a return to like, Hey, We've all got to take one little piece of gym mm -hmm. and like play our particular part of this yeah. and, and just like, you know, it's a, your powers combined. We are with that. That's what you do. That's you're what, like, yeah, you're like, like that the, sounds very Captain Planety of you. The Captain Planet of care work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And like, he, you know, it's, he made it to 92 years old, which by the way, Jim, that's impressive. Yeah. Um, and we miss you. Um, but that, like, we knew it was coming, but now that it's actually happened, it's still, like, it's still, like, oh, man. Like, and then, well, we also lost someone else, too, Byron, um, mm -hmm. who used to, he used to work the front desk, too. Yeah. He passed away. And it, I feel like this year, like, it's been, we've been losing a lot. Um, but we're also, in a way, gaining a lot, too, right? Because now everyone's, like, all hands on deck and... Mm -hmm. Um, let's, who wants to, uh, save a nonprofit, right? <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kinda, more than that. No, no, you know, nobody, you know, just that to, to know, like, it, it's so funny. I had, I had been thinking about Jennifer, like all day 
when I got that call from her. And I was like, how did you know how much I had been thinking about you? Mm -hmm. And she was like, I got something to ask you. And I was just like, yeah, let's go to saddle up y'all like <laughs> so when did you first meet jennifer uh so jennifer like jim hadn't quite made the decision to go full bore with hiring jennifer yet mm -hmm. right like right around the time that he decided he was going to put in to have a director in the space was around the time that I got involved. And so, I mean, that, that would have been 2017-ish, right? And just a, just a year or two prior had been kind of the activity where uh, Reverend Logwood had the Shoeshine Bench and they were doing mm -hmm. uh, activity engaged with Center Stone and, and a handful of other um, things where, where it was kind of just kind of like limited operation for particular social hours that... that um, and just right around that time was in Blossom because that's when Eugene and, and Solomon and a couple of other folks, um, you know, working through the, um, you know, the institutional spaces that they, that they had, it like kind of found the, the, um, the stability in the center to okay. be able to branch out into, okay, now I can get a house, get to work, get my own business, get my, get my hustle on, right? Yeah. Like get to, uh, you know, get to, get to rebuilding life. And, um, yeah, so it was just, it was all like very, very, like not the very, very beginning, but like the real initialization to kind of like from an idea to an organization, right? Not quite yet an institution because, you know, you got to be around for a while and have, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, don't, there's plenty of bona fides that, that exists, uh, within the, 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 uh, CV of the, of the center, but it's like time. You just got to add another 10 years before it becomes an institution. Right. But like, it's at the, at the, at the step from concept to, to organizations when I got to be there. And, the, uh, I remember Jim had had pulled her in from uh, working at working at Cavco. Mm -hmm. He had just he had he would go in there and get his copies mm -hmm. for for like large legal documents made, and that's how he connected with Jennifer, and yeah. then that's how she she came on board. And I yeah. remember when I first met Jim, <laughs> I said hello, Jim, and he looks at me and doesn't say anything, just keeps walking. Yeah, <laughs> it was just it was really funny. I think about that. Because, like, now, like, towards the end there, like, I was changing his bandages, right? Because yeah. he had an operation on the back of his head. And just mm -hmm. to see how, like, kind of closed off he was to just, like, people walking around who, you know, like, and then to just the difference there. Um, I'm sorry. That was really abrupt. I no, just, you're like, fine. No, you're good. It, it's, good. It's, it's amazing to think about, like how hard he came off but like deep down he had like one of the biggest hearts i've ever seen yeah you know so. well and he and he he knew who needed to be approached and who needed to be just kind of brought along mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. like an initial approach to you may have pushed you back rather than drawn you in yeah right that's a good point <laughs> that is a very good point yeah yeah because it's like Oh, you're not gonna say hi to me, all right? Let's see what you're walking into. Let's see what's in here. All right. Um, yeah, he was always very tactful, in many ways. Um. Leah, <laughs> uh, uh, this is was the dog still alive? Um, the dog is still alive, and from what I've heard, it is with his family. Very good. So, um, and I just remember being covered in. Dog hair and crumbs. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then and, if you talk to him about it or point it out, he he would say he just didn't give a shit. Yeah. No. And I like for me. Right, so I'm I'm like this very like, you know, like there are there are a handful of dead bugs in the room that like I still have to like continue to clean up mm -hmm. on a semi regular basis because we're just in an, in an old building and I'm right behind like a door that feeds directly to outside. So like I get just a little bit like moths and whatever else mm -hmm. infiltrate the room. And it's like, I can't even handle that, let mm -hmm. alone a gym with a dog and a Jennifer with no shoes and a whatever, <laughs> like, mm. but I can't help but be like, 
in the space, like like drawn to like a, a place where I feel like I belong, even though like all of my wacky sensitivities and neuroses like you know just are on you know yeah a hundred win when it when i'm when i'm in the space or or i'm around p- particular folks but it's just like just deal with it mm-hmm. whatever like yeah. there's a bigger thing at hand here than you being uncomfortable about you know mm-hmm. pet hair or whatever yeah <laughs> yeah i mean towards and towards the end there like it it's it didn't get any better. Um, yeah. yeah, it was. He just had this kind of attitude of like, well, if they like us, okay, great. If they don't, yeah, fuck them. Yeah, you know, and that was Jim. Well, and I mean, it's because, you know, they're. If they didn't get it, they were never gonna. Mm-hmm. They were never gonna contribute to begin with. Yeah, and it's like you're either interested in this work, or you're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and what I like about the CJ too is, um, like. Good Samaritans, which I stayed at, and then the Warming Center, which I worked at. Mm-hmm. And that's that's weird being on the different side of the glass, right? Yeah. Um, like they do tackle the problem of like homelessness to an ex- to the best of their abilities, but what the CEJ does is try to tackle the reason this person is homeless in the first place. Yeah, and I don't even like the term homeless. I like you know lacking basic needs, because mm-hmm. um, like it is a basic need. I. No one should die out in the street. Like, it's especially in Carbon, like somewhere like Carbondale, where there is so much empty rental property yeah. that it's just rotting because people don't want to buy it. But, mean, like, meanwhile, there's people that are falling asleep under the pavilion, getting woken up by police mm-hmm. and probably harassed. When we could just, just have people housed. Yeah. What's that take? Probably not a lot. Hey, we need we need people, <laughs> right? Yeah. We got a lot less people than we used to have. Would help yeah. if we had some more people. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I, like those people staying there could like work on the house, and like yeah. it's just there is. Anyways, um, there's there's things that we can and should be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and you're right. Like I there, there are the the tough the tough part about. You know, the, the structured facilities is the, you know, one in five folks that they may not be able to help because there's mm-hmm. a particular part of that structure that has to be in place yep. to service a volume of people. Yeah. Right. Like you have to have structure in, in servicing a volume of people at Good Sam or at the warming center or what have you. But like for those one in five folks that fall through the crack, like what is the unstructured plan mm-hmm. for them? Like what what, you know. But, you know how how do you how do you deploy the the fireman's trampoline to yeah. to, to catch them mm. before they hit the ground? Besides, like committing a crime on purpose, that way you have a place to sleep, <laughs> aka jail. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, it is an ongoing issue, and it's not getting any better. I mean, I, I it's terrifying where we're where we're headed with the with the end to you know a a a moratorium on, on eviction and like, you know, what, what kind of like mass displacement of people are we going to see in this country for reasons way outside of any regular working person's control? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when the moratorium ends this month, doesn't it? And Supreme court just struck it down. They struck down Biden's. Oh, okay yeah well, so it's it, it's it's like yeah real close and i and i don't know what what state work or state functions have been put in if there has been anything in, in illinois but you know i'm sure in in plenty of states that that could care less about that that they're just like mm-hmm. good luck yeah burn or freeze to death whichever one fits your fancy yeah it's we um, don't actually care right and it's absolutely horrendous like just an inhumane um and i don't really like i feel like i don't like talking about something unless like i mean i have a solution where it's like just put people in fucking houses right but it's way harder than that um yeah it's it's absolutely like uncivil um just like despite a pandemic despite people getting sick and like dying from a respiratory virus like 
oh, you, you don't have money for rent. Okay, well, good luck. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. That's a... Yeah, I mean, what do we wish to provide for the as, best, as society? Like, the best retail... Well, and yeah, exactly. Like, I think um, people coming together with skills and, like, building a world away from that yeah. is our best route of action. Um, I think when it comes to the moratoriums ending, like, uh, you know, obviously, like, protests and all that, which, I mean, at least try to send some kind of message. Maybe uh, people should learn more about squatters' rights. People need mm -hmm. to brush up on, like, uh, like their, like, know their rights and all that. Yeah. And um, because, yeah, I mean, if they ask you to leave, just don't go without a fight is what I would tell yeah. you. Well, and that's, you know, that's such an interesting way to kind of wrap on this, right? Like, don't go without a fight. And, mm -hmm. like, that's that's the lesson, right, that I think Jim would impart on anybody. Like, don't, yeah. don't go without a fight. Like, that's part of the law, right? Like, don't just take whatever the system says it's going to give you. Like, mm -hmm. challenge the system. Like, Absolutely. don't be afraid to pick up a book and, like, throw it back. Absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> that's yeah. it that's the lesson that's yeah. the lesson <laughs> episode 89 have a good one folks whatever that one may be <laughs>